Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Football Talk from the Auction Post, where we will be discussing some of the latest talking points from the world of football with members of our football writing team. And on this week's episode, we are joined by football writer Ben McKenna and our chief football writer Stuart Rayner to discuss the situation at the bottom of the championship. We look at what Huddersfield Town's recent result means for them in the fight for survival, what this could mean for Rotherham United, who have a big week ahead of them, we talk about how Sheffield Wednesday can build on their recent results against Cardiff City and what impact that could have. Then we also have an update on the managerial search at Sheffield United. Don't forget you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging onto our website at www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash sport as well as checking out our various Twitter feeds, the main one being at YPSport. And if you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football, or even Sheffield Sport, where we keep an eye on teams like the Blades, the Owls, the Sharks, and the Steelers on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages, or email us directly with the subject matter as football talk Podcast at yp.sport at jpimedia.co.uk. As mentioned in the intro on this week's episode, we are joined by Chief Football Writer Stuart Rayner and Football Writer Ben McKenna. Um, So, first question that I would like to throw to you guys uh, is concerning uh, Huddersfield Town. Um, Huddersfield now sit 19th below Derby County following the worst defeat um, for years. They are now uh, eight points above the drop zone with only two wins since the start of the year. Their form hasn't been entirely consistent. And the, the result against Norwich was worrying. And what with an important game coming up against Rotherham United, do you think they are safe? <clears throat> I, don't, I don't think they can say they are yet, Mark. I mean, um, I think, you know, obviously to lose to Norwich City, who are going to win the league, they're a really good team with really good players. You, ac- you, you accept that. You don't write it off, but you, you budget to lose that game. Mm-hmm. The, the worry for Huddersfield is that, you know, over the last five games, they've kind of reinvented themselves a little bit, been a bit more pragmatic, a bit more direct, to be a bit more hard to beat. Mm-hmm. You know, they um, they were unbeaten in five games. They'd only won one of them, but they were, they were hard to beat. Well, at, at Carrow Road, they were not hard to beat. You know, it wasn't the fact that Norwich won; it was the manner of the victory. Mm-hmm. How open Huddersfield were to be to be five nil down to any team, even a team as good as Norwich City. Five nil down by half time was just extremely alarming. Um, and you know, you worry about the the dent that that will give to their confidence because they've got a huge game coming up against a, a Rotherham United team who 24 hours ago you know would have been worried you know the, the big worry would have been about their confidence um they then played bournemouth at home on on the tuesday and if you look at their other remaining home fixtures i think they've got 29 of their 43 points from home so it's it's at home where they've got to do the bulk of the work their other games left are barnsley at home and coventry city at home in the penultimate game so they're, they're all t- difficult games to pick up points mm. and um Really, they need to they need to rebuild their confidence pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, because as I said they've sort of n- not completely overhauled, but but tweaked their style their style in recent weeks to be to be less open and to be harder to break down, and that just all went out the window on Tuesday. 
I can see where you're coming from because I was watching the game last night and it just seemed to be wave after wave of attack from Norwich. And knowing that Corberan has worked under Bielsa, he's worked alongside him, and you, you were right, they they tried to reinvent themselves and become more attacking, but it just didn't come off last night at all. Well, I mean, I mean, Ben will tell you, sort of earlier in the season, they they were they were kind of committed to a, to a more open more positive style mm-hmm. um, you know they, they, they sort of played that way since since they've signed Yaya Sanogo they've, they've tried to tighten up a bit they obviously played three experienced central defenders last night and it, it just didn't work and I, I don't know what you think Ben but it's it's just it's, you just worry about their mentality going forward now yeah I think one thing they need to be wary of as well now is their goal difference because mm. it's mm. so so tight down there it's hard to look at the at the bottom three and judge it fairly with how many games in hand Rotherham have. You know, th- those teams like Birmingham, Coventry and Huddersfield might not be worried yet, but if Rotherham have a good eight days when they have when they play all those games, the, the alarm bells could, could start ringing. Mm. Um, like you mentioned there, their away form is, is terrible. You look at their last seven games and it's hard to see where they could maybe pick up those seven points that would probably see them safe. You know, fifty points is is the benchmark that everyone's kind of setting these days. But yeah, it 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 is a bit worrying. Personally, my opinion to stick my neck out. I think they'll be okay, but that doesn't mean that they can, you know, sit sit back and relax and hope that you know Rotherham and, and Sheffield Wednesday, you know, stay down there and, and don't pick up the points that that they need to pull off their own miraculous escape. I, th- I think the danger in any relegation battle in in any division is is of teams getting sucked in. You know, and if we looked at the situation at Christmas, you know, it looked like Huddersfield were, were looking up towards the playoffs rather than down. Carlos Corbran got a new contract in on Christmas Eve, and that was that was a looked like a fair reward for all the work that he's done. But you know, as, as you alluded to earlier, Mark, two wins in twenty twenty one. They've got they've got the worst points total of any team in the championship. Mm. Um, since the turn of the year, it is class the classic form that that gets you sucked in, and and it might be, hopefully will be, you know, as as Ben says that that cushion in the first half of the season that that helps them to, to scrape through. But it's it's frustrating that having scraped through last season, you know, and and made a lot of changes in approach and personnel and and mindset that that we're we're back where we were in terms of um, a nervous end to the season for them. And um, just there, where you said, like, last season they scraped through and they've had changes with regards to personnel and everything. What do you think they need to do um, at the end of this season? Because, obviously, if if they have to do the same thing again and come up with the same results, it's basically the definition of, uh, the definition of madness. Well, they've, they've, made a, they've made a great play this season, um, of the, the, the whole the whole reasoning behind sacking Danny Cowley was that yes, Danny Cowley did the job they wanted in keeping them up, but they wanted more than that. Mm-hmm. They wanted to play a more expansive, entertaining style of play, which is why they they plucked this coach from uh, from from Leeds United's coaching staff in. in Carlos Corberan, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and they wanted they wanted to play more attractive football and to succeed that way. And as I say, th- there were times in the first half of the season where when you, when you thought that was working, but ultimately they they tr- 
they're trying to do it on a real shoestring, you know, and it's hard to be too critical of, of teams for, for not spending money at a time like this. Because, you know, if they've spent too much, we'll, we'll criticise them too. Mm-hmm. But it, it doesn't feel like Corbran's got the tools to do the job that he actually wants to do. I mean, I, I don't know what, what you think about that, Ben, but to me, the, the squad looks, looks, looks very light in terms, of, in terms of quality and experience and perhaps a little too light. I think this harks back to the season they got promoted to the Premier League. They had a real chance to recruit well to try and build a Premier League side and I don't think they recruited well enough then and I feel like they're still paying the price because now they are on a shoestring budget like you mentioned what the, what they need to do in my opinion next season one of their primary focuses should be to not lose someone like Lewis O'Brien you know a young player who for a lot of the season has has stood out in that in that midfield and they they almost need to build a squad around someone like that and try and bring in smart transfers for, for, for cheap and even though that's obviously a lot easier easier said than done but I, I do think they need to stick with Corberan I, I don't think that bringing in a new manager again is, is the right thing to do you know since David Wagner left they've they've changed manager you know at, at quite regular intervals mm-hmm. um and it must be quite exhausting for the fans to be in this position again. You know, they can't be in the ground. They've watched their team struggle to stay up in the Premier League, which that, that that's fine. You know, when they stayed up, that was that was fantastic. But then they get relegated, struggle to stay up last season, look like they're going to struggle, but probably just get over the line again this season. But I don't think any football fan wants to watch their team kind of just exist in a division. And, and they do want them to, to, to go somewhere. But... With the COVID situation and, and the budget, it's hard to see how Huddersfield can recruit those, the players they need to be able to kind of push a bit more up the table. Um, yeah, I, I just don't know what, what the answer is for, for them at the minute. I think their only worry now will just be staying up. But I, I don't know how much attention they'll be paying to, to, to next season, to be honest. And I think the point about O'Brien is a very good one because... I think one of the consequences of trying to do things a bit on the cheap is that they're they're relying on the versatility of the squad to sort of fill the holes. And I, I don't know if Ben agrees, but I, I kind of feel that probably Huddersfield's two best players, along with O'Brien, uh, are the fullbacks, Pippa and, and Toffolo. And when mm-hmm. Pippa's been excellent at right back for them, and when Toffolo's Toffolo, the left back, got injured. They've moved Pipper across to the left back, which is a job he can still do, but it's kind of watered down on his effectiveness. And then P- Pipper's got injured now and missed the game at Norwich City. And Lewis O'Brien, who was, as Ben said, has been a key player, was moved out from central midfield to left wing back to cover that. And you know, suddenly you're making your best players less effective by by playing them out of position. Whereas, as, as Ben says, you know, building a team around. You know, players like that in their best positions is probably the way to well is the way to go. Mm-hmm. But you then you then need you then need the squad players to to fill in the, those holes rather than relying on those players' versatility. Yeah. So, moving on to our next uh, topic, which is uh, Rotherham, uh, uh, oddly enough, and uh, they are currently in the drop zone, although they have at least three games in hand over those around them. 
So we've already spoken about the upcoming game against Huddersfield, but they've got four games in eight days coming up. Do you believe that this week could be sort of make or break for them this season? I think it, I think it really could be. I mean, I think as a, as I said, you know, the day before the day before Huddersfield played, it was Rotherham the real alarm bells were about because having lost three 0 to Wickham, who were obviously uh, and still are bottom of the table. That was a real shock to the system results, and you know there were there were reporters at, at, at games sort of looking at it, saying, "Well, this feels a bit terminal for Rotherham, you know, this feels huge." And then when when Huddersfield outdo them, you know, with the with the demoralising nature of their results, Saturday is going to be a real test of of just who reacts the best to it. Mm-hmm. You know, as as you alluded to, they've this is the really you know. There's, this is a really big week for them in just in just in terms of how busy it is playing Huddersfield on the Saturday, QPR on the Tuesday, Coventry, which is a you know obviously a massive game when you look at the league table on the Thursday, and then straight into Birmingham, which is equally massive on the on the Saturday. You know all of them bar that Huddersfield game are at home. Um, this is a really big week, and you know we've it's kind of the nature of this season it feels to me that it's been so roller coaster that you know defeats for any team can kind of feels so much more important than they are and have you really feeling oh no you know that's it we've 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 blown our chances of staying up or we've blown our chances of going up or what have you um but we you know we are seeing teams bounce back and being consistent and and frankly on saturday they can't <laughs> they can't both have another day like they they had at the end of Easter. One of them's got to got to bounce back, and um, you know which, whichever does, you'd feel a lot more optimistic about their prospects. That's for sure. Mm. I think looking at Rotherham as well. When if you look after the Huddersfield game, it's four home games in a row because after Birmingham, it's Middlesbrough at mm. home. But That's my right. worry, if I support Rotherham United, is when you look at Rotherham's home form, they're rock bottom. If, if of the of the form table when it when it comes to home games, just fifteen points um at home so far. And granted they've played fewer games and, and most of the sides are at home because of didn't needing to catch up. Uh but if you look at these four games it's QPR, Coventry, Birmingham, Middlesbrough. After that they've got Barnsley away, Brentford away, Blackburn at home, and then finish the season away to Luton and Cardiff. This week and a half up until that Wednesday, the 21st of April against Middlesbrough is, is massive for them staying up because of those last five games, even if you're a Norwich or a Watford, you don't really want to be playing those games if, if you are if you have something to play for because they're very, very difficult fixtures in, in my opinion, especially those Barnsley and Brentford with the playoffs luring for them. They're, they're, they'll be just as de- desperate as the points for for Rotherham. So, you know, their home form ha- just has to improve. It's just it's just not been good enough, um, especially for a team like Rotherham, who would who would probably pride themselves on on being strong at home. Uh, but then again, this season, home and away advantage is just out the window, isn't it? It's 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 interesting how many teams are winning away from home. Mm. With, with 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 without supporters in in the ground. Yeah, I mean it's 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 almost bizarre in some respects that that, that there's any difference as you, you say for Rotherham. It's it's in terms of their away form, but 
course, there's travel and things to factor in, but it, it, it does still seem to be a factor for some teams, you know, some teams with good home form, some teams with poor home form. And it must just be psychological, really. And as I say, this this week is really about burying some ghosts for, for Rotherham, really, and, and convincing themselves that, that they can do it, but also convincing the team around them that they can do it because they, they need to make the likes of, well, particularly the likes of sort of Huddersfield and Derby, who, who perhaps thought they were pulling away from it, they need to make them nervous and put them under pressure in their matches. And they're certainly capable of doing that. But, you know, after, I say after that Wickham defeat, it's probably as much about convincing themselves as anyone else. Yeah, and they're, they, are, they are capable. They've shown this season that they're capable of getting big results. You know, they won home and away at, at Derby, which at the time, were two huge games given where Derby were. You know, they went and beat Middlesbrough 3 0 at the Riverside. They've won twice against Bristol City. You know, Paul Warren is, in my opinion, he's a great manager. He's he's worked fantastically with, with, with you know, what he's had. And Rotherham are capable of, of pulling results off in, in these games. But like you said, it's just about kind of putting putting behind them what's what's gone before you know just just putting that Wickham game just completely out of their head because those Coventry and Birmingham games are, are huge and, and they can't you know they can't put too much pressure on themselves which is probably psychologically what, what happened to them uh, against Wickham but I, I feel they have the capability to to stay up but I think by full time against Middlesbrough on Wednesday April 21st we'll know whether or not Rotherham will will be staying up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's probably uh, probably the case. It's it's just going to be a real grit the grit the teeth period for them because I agree with Ben the the character's definitely there in the squad. But it it's it's a small squad and that's the flip side of these games in hand, you know, it, it means that squad's really going to be tested. Mm. Um so it's it's just it's just do or die time, you know, and uh and, and we just have to hope that they can uh, they can do, they can do it. Although obviously Huddersfield and the Sheffield Wednesday fans will probably be well will be hoping they can't. Yeah. So let's just see how the results fall for them in the upcoming days. So next we shift our focus to Sheffield Wednesday, um, whose form hasn't been brilliant. However, the result against Cardiff uh, must have given them uh, quite a bit of a boost. Um, we have a clip uh, from Sheffield Wednesday's Adam Reach uh, talking about that game. We've sent a statement out, you know, we're not giving up. We're really positive that we can get out of this situation. To score five against a team like Cardiff, who are pushing for the playoffs. To keep the clean sheet, you know, it's really good steps for the team like to keep it up. Was there a point this evening, Adam, where you thought, wow, this is going to be a special performance? Uh, I think midway through the first half, we started well and we were on the front foot and um, you know we were dealing with their long throws and corners very well and then we took our chances and, and once you take those chances you feel like you can take every chance that you get we've pretty much done that today um, I'm, I'm especially proud of the way we came out second half and dominated and you know lots of lots of people will say that the Wednesday of old you know will have dropped off and maybe you know, that game would have became a lot tighter than it has been this afternoon, but we, we pushed on and we, we got the fourth and we got the fifth and it's a shame that fans weren't in today because I think they would have been off their seats with the way we played and the goals we scored. Um, we missed them and hopefully we can get them back soon. Um, it was a good feeling all around today before the game, during the game and, and especially afterwards and we want to take that positivity 
moving forward every day now and take it to QPR on Saturday. And obviously it'll do a lot for, for the team's belief, but in your experience, do you think it will have an effect on the other teams in terms of making them more nervous about Wednesday? Well, I think it'll show that if anyone thought they could take us lightly, they can't. Not, not saying that Cardiff did today, but they've, they've caught us in a very, very good day and we scored five. And I think any team who can score five against another team in the championship is someone to be aware of. And look, we're hoping that we can catch some teams out who maybe don't have as much to fight for as us. And it, you know, if a team takes their foot off the gas for a second, we'll, we'll capitalise and we'll do what we did this afternoon and hopefully that'll be enough to keep us up. What do you think are the prospects for the Owls at this stage? Well, I, I was at Hillsborough on, uh, on Monday, Mark, and it was a game to really make you believe if you were a, if you were a Wednesday act. It wasn't just the fact that they beat, you know, a notoriously hard-to-beat, hard-to-roll-over Cardiff side 5-0, mm-hmm. although, you know, that in itself is a massive feather in the cap. Yep. It was the manner of their performance. I mean, there was they scored some... Probably all five of the goals were, were really, really good goals in their own way. They played some terrific football. Barry Bannon was absolutely outstanding, but he wasn't alone. It was a real team performance. And not just going forward, they were excellent defensively too, you know, with the likes of Tom Lees. There was a real intent about them. You know, they even though even though Darren Moore wasn't there, he was away with COVID. You could see they played like a Darren Moore team. That was how he wants them to play. You know, there was real verve and energy about them. There was discipline at the start of the second half because they, they came out 3-0 up. And, you know, you thought at that stage, this is brilliant, but if, if Cardiff score first in the second half, you know, there could be a bit of a wobble. And Cardiff being Cardiff, they really tested them with long throws and, and corners and that sort of thing. But they, they held firm and scored the extra goals. So really, you know, if if you just based it on that 90 minutes, you, you'd think Sheffield Wednesday are definitely fine. You know, I don't even care what the gap to safety is. They're going to be OK. Mm-hmm. The problem is, this is Sheffield Wednesday. This is the championship. Saturday's another day. You know, if they if they don't follow it up at Queen's Park Rangers, suddenly all that good work has gone out the window. Um, they really need to to back it up now and say that the, the talent is there, the confidence should be there. They just need to show a bit of consistency now. And if they do, like I, like I said with Rotherham before, that was uh, that was a result on Easter Monday to make the teams around them really sit up and really get nervous. Uh, I say, and if they can follow it against the Q- QPR team who don't really have a lot to play for, then it really is squeaky bum time for the teams above them. But, you know, as Adam Reach kept emphasising after the game, they absolutely have to follow it up, or really, it counts for very little indeed. Mm-hmm. And that's all they can do, Stuart, is, is make the teams around them nervous because it's, it's out of their hands, isn't it? You know, they're. That's right. They've got Darren Moore in, in my opinion, probably a little bit too late. Maybe if he, he had come in when Tony Pulis came in, they'd be sitting where Huddersfield or, or, or Derby are. Um, you know, he's had that bit of time to, to work with the squad. Uh, whatever happens, they stay up. If they go down, you know, they need to stick with Darren Moore. I think he's a he's a he's a manager that can can do that rebuilding job that they clearly need. But Everything, like I said, is, is out of their hands. All they can do is is make those teams above them keep looking over their shoulder. And seven games to go, 
how many wins do they, do they need? Probably four or five, realistically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hope that the teams below them, or above them, sorry, are are in poor form. You know, it, I don't know what the mentality is like as a, as a player to to just have to do your job and know that it might not be enough, that how hard that is to kind of keep that motivation. But um, Adam Reitz clearly believes that that's something Wednesday they can do. Well, I think I think um, the situation to an extent, Ben, um, makes it slightly easier in terms of in terms of their mentality. I mean, I asked I asked Jamie Smith after the game, and he didn't he didn't really sort of buy into the idea. But I, I think it it's just do or die time for them. It makes it makes it simple now. There's no there's no going into games thinking will a draw do or or anything like that. They just have to go out and leave everything out there. There's, there's a there's a certain certain freedom in terms of the way they can play. You know, obviously it doesn't. The, the, you can't say the league table makes it easier, but it 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 makes it gives them a bit more freedom because um, they've nothing to lose really now. Mm. And the five nils massive for the goal difference as well. It could I, I mentioned it with Huddersfield, but the whoever goes up or goes down or stays up could could go down to that. So you know. Getting those two goals after being three 0 up is, is massive for them as, as as well, and you know no team can really afford a minute of, of rest when when you're down there because it looks like it's going to be so so tight again. <laughs> I mean, uh, and it, sorry, it does it does make a big deal as well to 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 have goals within you as a, as a team. You know when you when you're fighting relegation. Yeah, mm. because uh, you know I'm, when. when you're, had had a had a, a decent spell before before Easter. You know, it was largely on the back of um, of Michael Smith being in in good form. You know, for Sheffield Wednesday now they've they've finally found the Jordan Rhodes they thought they had for a few years. You know, but it's not just Rhodes. You know, Windass has got an excellent uh, understanding with him. Callum Patterson, who's been used in all manner of positions, you know, is scoring goals from them, uh, including an absolutely fantastic volley on the, on Easter Monday. So, you know, with with those players and with the creativity of, of Barry Bannon to 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 make the chances for them, Adam Reach chipped in with a couple uh, against Cardiff. You know, you, you feel you feel they've got goals in them and, you know, for for a team that's that's struggling to score goals, that that's that's the real worry. Sheffield Wednesday at least at least don't have that worry. They have plenty of others, but they, they don't have that worry right now. And <clears throat> now we turn our focus to Sheffield United uh, for a few moments. Um, there was an article in the Yorkshire Post suggesting that the uh, Blades could be looking to appoint uh, Alexander Blessing from Oostend in Belgium uh, by the end of the season. Um and I'd like to ask you both, do you think that this is likely to happen and are, are we likely to see another young German coach come to Yorkshire, um, possibly by the end of the season? Well, we, we talked last week, Mark, didn't we, about um, the sort of person that, that the Blades would, would, would try to bring in as their next manager, whether it would be more of a manager or, or more of a coach. Mm-hmm. And I was saying then I thought it would be, regardless of job title, I thought it would be someone who was a bit bit more of a coach and they've, they've been linked with blessing for for a while now again I, I said last week you know about their their sort of um, worldwide network that they were building up and how they might lean on that and 
blessings coaching in Belgium where Sheffield United have you know what is what they're trying to turn into a, a feeder club really in, in, in beer shots um, and the, yeah there were reports in Belgium earlier in the week that that Ostend are, are getting ready for life after blessing essentially mm-hmm. um, because there's a few clubs sniffing after him and the suggestion was that um, that Sheffield United might might have to act before the end of this season to to get in there first but it's 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 not quite as as straightforward as it as it might seem because as has been pointed out in other quarters post brexit it's difficult to get the sort of coach that Huddersfield brought in when they got um David Wagner um you know that uh, that, that Barnsley brought in in Valerian Ishmael the the work permit um uh, conditions are are much stricter now, and um, and Blessing's done the mo- the majority of his work in the uh, Red Bull Leipzig youth setup, which is hugely regarded when it comes to comes to producing coaches, but doesn't tick many boxes when it comes to to qualifying for a work permit. You know, he's only been with us Ostend since uh, last year, I think, and even then, it's not classed as one of the top leagues in Europe for these purposes um, so so it will be a difficult, they will have to sort of make a case for him but but clearly you know mentioned Wagner and Ismail you know two clubs who, uh, two coaches who've come through that um, sort of uh, Germanic you know fashionable style of coaching um, they're, they're, they're all the rage at the moment and, uh, and, and he's certainly highly thought of you know, Ben will tell you that there's lots of coaches with that sort of background at the moment who are who are in English football or who are highly thought of in European football. Yes, even look to the top end of the Premier League and Liverpool mm. and, and now Chelsea with their you know German managers. They they've they, they've done all right <laughs> with <laughs> with with those. But I think coming from the Leipzig academy. Um, you know, they they are starting to produce players who are, who are going on to to sign for for huge clubs across Europe. So that's a good tick in the box for Blessing. You know, obviously this this club he's at at the minute is his first senior senior role. But I think whatever Sheffield United do, if it is Blessing or or someone else, it has to be someone that they're going to stick with. You know, um, mentioned Huddersfield before and and how they've struggled to find the right man. After after Wagner, you know Chris Chris Wilder's done probably a similar job at, at Sheffield United. You know bringing them from you know kind of nowhere up and up into the the Premier League. Um, it it it, it, ju- it just has to be someone who's who's going to be there for at least, in my opinion, three or four seasons. Get that chance to to do a rebuild and you know have have another crack at, at getting back in into the Premier League. And like I said before, those things are obviously much easier easier said than done and, and I think another tick in the box Ben is that, that Blessing plays 3-5-2 football in Belgium so it'll be hopefully if they were to get him in it would be an evolution of what Chris Wilder's been doing with them rather than a ripping up and starting again I, I think that's that's important you know A for the, the continuity aspect that you've just mentioned but B also the just the sheer finances of it you know if Sheffield United were to for argument's sake Play, you know, a a a four four two four two four formation next season. That squad would need a lot of a lot of changes because it, it's built for a, a 
built for a back three formation, you know, and and this isn't going to be a, a summer of big spending for them, you know, parachute payment or not. We're in COVID times, you know, we mentioned the problems at Huddersfield who, you know, themselves have, have had a, a parachute payment the last couple of years. It's not going to be a, it's not going to be a season of a summer of wild spending for them. So that if they can get a manager who thinks along broadly, broadly similar lines to Chris Wilder, then I think that'll be a big advantage too. Yeah, and I think that continuity is important. You look at North City. You know they stuck mm. with their manager, um, yeah. another German. If I think I'm pretty sure Daniel Farkas yes. from Germany. Yeah. Um, right, yeah. I think uh, United can take. A bit of encouragement from how Norwich, Watford, and, and to an extent Bournemouth have, have done this season. You know they're all Norwich and, and Watford will will come straight back up, and, and Bournemouth could be be in the playoffs. You know the teams that are getting relegated from the Premier League are, are looking stronger than ever when when they go back into the Championship. So you know if they can get this managerial appointment right, there's there's no reason to to say they can't be in the top six next season and, and looking at an immediate return. But obviously, you know, there needs to be a, a, a bit of a change with how things go go on the pitch because it has been an extremely disappointing season, to, to say the least. YorkshirePost.co.uk Many thanks to Stuart Rayner and Ben McKenna, who will doubtless join us again soon for more discussions on the Yorkshire football scene. But don't forget, you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging on to our website at www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash sport, as well as checking out our various Twitter feeds mentioned at the top of the podcast. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages, or email us directly with the subject matter as football talk podcast at yp.sport at jpimedia.co.uk. As ever, many thanks for listening, and look after yourselves, and bye for now.